No, I didn't, you, don't, you don't want that. But I am. Um, about two months ago, I made a commitment I was going to listen to praise and worship music instead of sports talk, radio, sport radio talk, whatever it is, when I'm driving down the road. And I found out one thing that, air, first of all, I've learned a lot of things, but one of them is this. Air One, they only have about six songs that they can play. It'll run you crazy. And they brag about the fact that it's commercial free. But the whole time that you're, they're supposed to be having commercials, they're asking you to pledge money to keep them on the air. I'd rather have a commercial. But then I started listening to K-Love, and they do some of the older stuff, the newer stuff, and mix it, you know, and it's, it's good. It's good. But... Since that time, I have found a great, great, great appreciation for worship and how it can get you into the presence of God. But when you're in the presence of God, don't ever leave there without taking something with you when you leave. You know, people go in, they, they, they get in that, that place, you know, and, and, and they're so close to God, everything, and they're just, oh, it's just feel good, feel good, feel good. And they leave and they don't have anything with them when they, when they go. I mean, God's willing to give you everything you need to be successful at life. God's willing to give you healing. He's willing to give you an anointing to heal. He's willing to... When you get in that presence from worship, when you get in there, don't leave with nothing. Don't leave with nothing. Amen? Um, this is Matt Nelson's last Sunday. Let's everybody shake, clap your hands. I'm not, that's, that, that is not a, um, I didn't enjoy that little clap, and yet, neither did y'all, I could tell. But this is a great adventure. This is our next step in life. This is a life work. This isn't somebody just going through life from nine to five. You hear me? This is a life work. And uh, I'd like to bring up real quick, if you don't mind, guys. How far is it from here to there? About four and a half hours. 300 miles. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the church loves you guys. We appreciate you guys. You did everything right. Amen. That doesn't happen often. But I know that moving expenses are um, high. But uh, we wanted to, the church as a whole. I didn't, want to, I didn't want to take up an offering. If you guys want to bless them, you can. But this is from the church, from all of us, for them to kind of help take care of some of that. You got anything to say or no? Nah. Yeah? Thank you, guys. It has, a, like we said, it's, it's been an honor. And we'll be back. We'll definitely be back. I mean, and so we'll see you all again. But uh, we want to just say thank you for sending us out, trusting us with your kids, and then still, you know, wanting us to connect with them still. We're still going to connect with them and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, this is our last, sat our last Sunday here, so we're leaving on Saturday. So we have six days. So if you're free on Friday, <laughs> I got a U-Haul that needs to get some stuff in it. <laughs> After work, obviously, I'm going to 
pick up the U-Haul. So Friday afternoon, if anybody wants to either come help load the U-Haul or you just want to just be there while other people work and you just talk, that's fine. That is fine. Yeah. Motivational support, comedic relief. We'll need all of it. It'll be great. Yeah. Somebody wants to watch the kids while we load the U-Haul. That's great. But anybody that wants to come to our house on Friday afternoon uh, after work or whatever or see us on Saturday, we'll leave probably between 8.30 and 9 a.m. on Saturday. But we want to say thank you guys for the opportunity that it has been. We've been, we've been a part of CCAM for about 10 years, and so it's, it's been a little while. And so you guys are family, and so we'll definitely be back, and you'll definitely be missed. But we're going to take you with us. It's not just going to stay here. We're going somewhere else. No, we're going to take what we've learned here, and we're going to implement it there as well. And so we just want to thank you for the opportunity that we've had while we've been here. So thank you. We love you guys so much, love you. and especially you. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. All right, I've got a message, a short one. At least that's the way it's intended. But while I was get, while, but last night God showed me something. And I said, God, that has nothing to do with my message that you gave me. Nothing. Nothing to do with it. Do you know what's going? Do you know what you're doing, God? You know, got one of those questions. You know, yeah, I didn't really say that, but it's it's it's. Uh, God gives me this 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 thing. It's pretty good. It's pretty good, but it has nothing to do with the rest of the service. I said, I said, what? Why? 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 And God told me something, and it was very very clear. He said, I'm going to make sure the person that needs this will be there tomorrow. He was thinking about one person. One person. I thought that was so cool. That was so cool. <clears throat> so if that's you, you're going to know it when you hear it. The rest of you are going to look at me. What's he talking about? <laughs> he is totally off base. Totally long. But anyway, <clears throat> Ginger and I, we were in Florida last week. Well, she's, back. she's in Florida now. Uh, and then when she comes back, she's got to get on a plane and go with me to where? Florida. Florida for a Teen Challenge thing, a national Teen Challenge deal. But um, anyhow, we're sitting there, we're watching on phone this time last week, you know, and the air conditioner had gone out. And we said, we're going to have church anyway. Yeah. And so y'all had it outside. And I looked and... and and Ginger and I were just kind of in shock, you know, because it hit us. Our core group of people is the best core group of people I've ever been a part of. I'm just telling you all that. How many, how, many, how many churches in America, literally, would say, you know what? It's summer. It's in the south. It's hot. We're just going to cancel service for Sunday morning. All of them. They proved that during the pandemic. If any adversity comes, the church falls down. They just surrender. Nope, no, 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 no. Uh -uh. We're not going to. We don't want to. We don't want to admit it, but it's true. Anytime there's adversity, the church lays down and stands up. I didn't. Okay, you're right, Michael. It's it's not going to be exactly what I've got. To. You're right. 
Why does the church lie down and become the world's doormat when we're supposed to be the one to reach the world? I, 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 but anyway, Ginger and I were just looking and we were, we were looking at all the people there. And I said, those are the best of the best. If you were, last, if you were here outside last Sunday... And there's more of you that maybe couldn't have made it, but you are the best of the best. I need more of you. That's the entire, that's the entire message. I need more people like you. I've never preached on church attendance. I've never preached on, we're going to grow the church, we're going to grow, we're going to be to 600 people, we're going to do this. I've, it's never been important to me, never once. I just want to be able to have outreach, outreach. I don't care if it's 6,000 or 6, it doesn't really matter. But more is good. If you're, if you're serious about Christianity, more is good. If you're not serious about Christianity, Christianity probably not very serious about you. But, that's where we're going to go today. You're dedicated, you're active, you love God and you love each other. That is a great combination. Unity grows. When it's guided that way. But unity when you, when you have unity, you're, you're satisfied. Are you following me? You're satisfied. You're happy. You feel good. You're in unity. All of my friends, we're all getting along. Uh, why bring a new friend into the mix that could screw that whole thing up? That's what it seems like the church does. Oh, man, this is not fun, okay? I don't This isn't fun. But our question is to be, how can we be better? How can we be bigger? How can we be stronger? How can we be more effective? You're about to see stuff go. I'm going to make Ginger put stuff, this stuff all over the place. It's grow time. Amen. It's grow time. It's time for us to grow. Why? For the fact that we're, going to say, that we're going to brag about it and say, oh, we got more than you? No. So that we don't see our friends bust hell wide open. And we don't have family members going straight to hell. That's why I preached for four weeks. I preached on the fight. I preached on the fight. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. What Jesus went through on the cross was a little inconvenient maybe. May have been a little hot on that hill that day. You know, they didn't have air conditioning back then. It was, it, it was not convenient. Life is not supposed to be convenient. It's, you're supposed to be aggressive about the reason you are here. You're here for your families. You're here for your friends. You're here for people you've never met maybe. But that's why you're here. How do you get there? How do we get there? How do we get there? How do we, how do we grow? How do we grow? How do we grow? How do we grow? Number one, you fall in love with your life. 
not the world, but your life. Live the life that you chose to live. Live life intentionally. Everything you do, you do it on purpose. You do it on the purpose of what? To bring more people into the kingdom. That is the goal of the Christian today. It's not to make yourself wealthy. It's not to make yourself feel more cozy and comfy. It's not for Holy Ghost goosebumps. It's not for whatever you think it may be. God saved you so that you could reach more. That's why what that's the only why are we here? So we can work and work and work and work and work till one day we can retire to do nothing for king for the kingdom because we've done everything for ourselves in the world to build up to get to retirement so we could do nothing. Y'all know how I feel about retirement. Y'all know that. Had a had a pastor friend the other day. I said, I said What's going on? He said, well, I retired. I said, what? <laughs> you know, I mean, it was just, I, shocked, I was shocked that a pastor would tell me he retired. You were called for a purpose. That purpose ends when you die, not when you get sick of doing it. And then... You know, me being as subtle and as nice and as caring and as, as, as I, I, I am all those things. I just don't come off that way. Okay? I am. <laughs> he said, when are you going to retire? I said, when I get to heaven. I was put here for a purpose and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. And I'm going to do it till the day I die. And, and this guy was a friend of mine. And I said, not that that's for everybody. After I realized what I said, you know. His response was fun. A good one. But, and, and he justified it, you know. I mean, to a working person, I guess. But, you know, I, I, mean, I'm, I believe... That God didn't accident. I, I don't believe that I was an. I was a later in life baby, but I wasn't an accident. God purposely put me on this earth for a reason. I don't want to disappoint God by living my life for me instead of living my life for Him and for others. I refuse to do that. Y'all know, y'all know what I, y'all know all about my testimony. What happened when I got saved, and I gave all of our stuff away, you know, because I just didn't want it. It was built off of greed. I wanted, I wanted, a, I wanted built off of the kingdom. I wanted biblical principles in my life in every area of my life. And you know what? The first year I was saved, not in the pulpit. I'm talking about on the street. I, I. I Watched over 70 people. I led over 70 people to the Lord. Just talking to them. Why? Because I wanted to. I had a desire to see people to keep from going to hell. Friends, strangers, family. Why? Because I know the cost of living a life for yourself and living a life for God. I know that cost. And it's way too high. It's called hell. 
but fall in love with this life. Live, be passionate about living. Your life is not every day, every day, so on and so on and so on and so on and so on. If that was true, I wouldn't play golf. Have I led somebody to the Lord on a golf course? What's, who's, who's, how many of you think yes? Raise your hand. How many of you think no? Because that's my time. That's my time. Let me tell you something. Christians don't have their own time. Whether you're on vacation, whether, you, whether you're playing golf, I've led people to learn on golf courses. Yes, I have. And I will do, I'll, I'll lead more. I learned that trick from my dad because he led so many young men to the Lord. Where? In a duck blind. That was his thing. A church can only be judged by one thing. What is that? Soul winning. Billy Graham said in the, in the, in the early 70s, I can't remember the exact quote that he said, but I thought it was pretty cool. He said... If it were possible, he would do this. He would take every Christian and send them to hell for one minute. And when they came back, they'd be the greatest soul winner on the planet because they know what they're being delivered from. He said, it'd be the best Bible school in the world. In just a year or two, the rapture would come. Why? Because we'd be reaching the people we're supposed to reach. Because we know what we're delivered from. Why do you think that Jesus, when he died, where did he go? He went to hell. So that you don't have to. Right? He knows what he had delivered you from. That's the reason he went to the cross. That's the reason he went there and he defeated hell, death, and the grave. Why? You didn't have to. You don't have to do that. You don't have to go there. How important is that? Mm, mm, mm. Oh, yeah. Be relentless about your Christianity. Choose how you live this life. And here's the thing that I talked about in the very beginning that is just totally off base. Go to John, the 15th chapter, the 18th verse. This is the thing. Learn to live with rejection. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. This is, it, if, you, if you look in your Bible, this is in red. This is Jesus speaking. He said, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it ever hated you. You're not, you're a representative of me, so if they hate me, you're, they're going to hate you too. They're going to reject you just as they rejected me. Come, are, are you there? This is for somebody, I don't know, it may be multiple somebody, but it's for somebody has been dealing with rejection their entire life. And they need to welcome it instead of suffer over it. This is what Jesus had to say about rejection. It's not about you. 
Get out of your own head. If the world hates you, know that it hated Jesus before it ever hated you. Next. If you were of the world, which we're not, we're delivered from this world, correct? We're Christians. We're not of this world. But we're located on this planet. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, you are not of the world, you are not of the world. But I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. This whole thing's talking about how good rejection really is. Hey, it ain't about you. It's about what's in you. Jesus. It's not about you. And we've got churches. Oh, Next. Remember the world said, remember the world that I said to you. Remember the word that I said to you. A servant is no greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. But all of these things they will do to you for my name's sake. Because they do not know him who sent me. So all the rejection that you've had and you've dealt with in your life has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with what's in you. Don't know who. Don't raise your hand if it's you. We have churches all over the world that have classes to teach you how to deal with rejection. I was I deal I dealt with rejection. My gosh, when when Ginger, me and Ginger told my mom and dad we're getting married, my mom said, "Do not marry him; he will corrupt you, child." Be the biggest mistake of your life. This is what my mother said to Ginger. When we told my mom that Joel was pregnant with Joel, I wasn't pregnant. I don't know why the people have to say that. We're pregnant. We're not pregnant. My wife was pregnant. I'm not pregnant. <laughs> but <laughs> I said, you don't need a baby. You can't take care of a baby. And she fell in love with Joel after he was born. Jordan, oh, my God. It's my mom. <laughs> then Izzy comes along. He said, "You're gonna be an old man raising a raising a child. It's the biggest mistake of your life." But then every time the children were born, she just, oh my God, she was just everything was great. It wasn't rejection. Of the children, it was a rejection of the way she wanted me to live my life. She wanted me to, she had my life planned out for me and I didn't fall into it. It wasn't her rejecting me, it was her rejecting what's in me. Her rejecting the way that I lived my life. Because it wasn't in line with hers.
It's just... Is this helping anybody? Gosh, I hope so. This is painful. <laughs> we have to live a rejected life. Reje I don't know what... Let me Rejection is why we have to be relentless about getting people here so that we can help them deal with it, help them know that, hey, this is part of life. This is not something that's going to keep you down. This is something that's going to put you ahead. I can show it to you in red where Jesus said it, and this is... Okay. <laughs> the importance of attending church. Like I said, the name of this was, it's, it's grow time. It's time for us to grow. It's time for us to reach more. It's time for us to do more. If it's not a priority for you, it won't be a priority for your children and your grandchildren will grow up godless. What you tolerate, your children will celebrate. I've got, and they're watching right now, I know. This, the church in America is dealing with something something that's going on. I mean, there's a lot of small churches that went under because of the pandemic. And, and uh, it just, I mean, I know some big churches that are swallowing up some smaller ones because they just can't, the smaller churches just don't have the, people didn't come back to church after the pandemic. It's easy. Whose fault, whose fault is it that people can watch church and say they went to church and they live their life like that. Who caused that? The church. Pastors caused it. They didn't have to fall in line with the federal government. They wanted to, so they didn't have to work. And now what's happening? People aren't coming back because those same pastors said, hey, we're supposed to, they, they, they just a bunch of pansies is what happened. They just didn't stand up and say, no, I ain't shutting the door. This is against the Constitution. It's against God. It's against the country. It's against everything that I stand for. But where were they? Where were they? Why didn't they stand up? Why didn't they just stand up and say, you know what? No. We're going to have church in the middle of a tornado on a Sunday mor Easter Sunday morning service. But I would not, not ever give in and not have church. Why? Because it's the body of Christ. If you, if you think that little of the body of Christ, how much do you think you... Not going to finish that statement. Not going to finish that statement. Mm. The advantage of having church attendance. 
have like-minded people. You can have corporate prayer that brings about change. I mean, we don't even, if I'm not mistaken, because I've watched it, I, I know this. I'm, we don't even show worship service on our feed, do we? How can you worship, corporate worship, how can that thing, are you following me? Yeah. Facebook Live, whatever, iTunes, Google, whatever, wherever we're on. I know, I know what we're on a bunch of stuff, I just don't know what all it is. But... That stuff is made, we did this to help reach people that can't get home. Miss Linda, God rest her soul, was one of the main reasons that we did that. Because she wanted to be here, she just physically could not be here. But, like, you know, it's so much, it, you don't know how much fun it is to sit in your pajamas with your husband, with your wife, whatever. And drink coffee in pajamas. And watch y'all have church. And we call that church. That's not church! I don't have to tell you guys this. But I'm telling you this for the, case, for the cause of Christ. For the cause that we need to reach those people. They think that's Christianity and they're being lied to. They're being lied to by the church. They're being lied to by the federal government. They're being lied to by Satan. They think it's right. It's not church. They miss that united worship when I almost called uh, uh, Stephen yesterday. I wanted to hear champion. And I said, no, I'm not going to call them. I'm going to let them do their thing. You know, that's not my department because I'm not the music guy. I don't know why, but I'm not the music guy or the media guy. or the. I can't do a whole lot, to be honest with you. Y'all had it this morning? Right, cool, 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 cool. I, I mean, I was up Did you say I'd cry my eyeballs out? I was just worshiping. I was in a place, man. Uh-uh. I was bad. It was bad. So, anyway, go to my next scripture real quick. Hebrews 10. Mm-hmm. Verse 24. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good work. Wait, wait a minute. Ah, go ahead. Go ahead. Next, 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 next. We're coming back to that one, okay? What does this say? The same thing the United States Constitution says. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some. Who are we talking about now? In this day, in this time. Hey. But exhorting one another and so much the more so much the more as you see the day approaching. All right. 
You exhort one another. All right, if you're watching, turn to your to person on your right or your left and exhort them. Lift them up. So you can't get that on the couch. You can't get that on the couch. You got to be in church. Go back. 24. And let's consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. What are we created for? Ephesians 2.10. What are we created for? Good works. Coming together and meeting as a church stirs that up. And it also stirs up love. Everything in the Word, I'm fixing to stop here in a minute, believe it or not. Everything in the Word tells us it's about a relationship. It's not about isolating yourself from God and from His church. Stir up the gift of God. Stir up love. Stir up good works. All of these things. Do not forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Don't forsake it. Stop doing that. I'm not talking to you guys. I'm just saying it's important generationally for for their children and their grandchildren. I ask a lot of you guys. I know. I do. Every time you see me, you need to do something. You need to do something. I mean, you know. I mean, so I'm going to give you something different to do. Something simple. Something easy. Go to Africa with me. (laughs) Go to the Amazon with me. Get malaria, jump out of an airplane. No, none of that stuff. I'm not asking you to do anything like that. I'm not asking you to. What I am asking you to is commit to God, not to me. Commit to God that you are going to have one person, one person every month. I'm not asking a lot. One person, bring one person per month to church for two years. It's not like going and asking Tom, hey Tom, you want to go to church tomorrow? Yeah. I'll see you here about 9 o'clock then. Monday morning. Monday morning. Okay. No, it's not asking. I'm telling you, you need to reach the people that you want to, you want to spend eternity with. Your mom. Yeah. Your mom. I know a couple here in the church that, that believe God for one of them's mom, who was in a terrible, I'm not even going to go, it was awful, took three years, got saved, filled the Holy Ghost. Now, I don't think you guys realize how important you are and the, the, the power and the authority that you have. I mean, we got prayer and solved a murder. Y'all all know that, right? Y'all know that story, right? That don't happen everywhere. 
It just don't happen. What you have inside of you is special. Share it. Bring people into your group. That's all we're asking to do. Because if, you're not, if we are not growing, it means we are dying. I won't say in a dead church. I'm not saying we're dead. That's not what I meant. But if you're not growing, you're dying. So I, we want to we grow. So you can get more money? No. That's what everybody thinks when a pastor starts talking about church attendance. He figures he, he needs to, to buy a new house. I bet that boy comes up with a Harley here in the next six months. <laughs> Nothing like that. The money that goes to this church, believe me, believe me, it goes out all over the world. It don't stay here. It don't stay here. But that's what people think about when a pastor starts talking about church attendance. I'm not trying, I'm not trying to get something from you. I'm trying to give you an experience that you'll never, ever, ever forget. An experience that's going to put crown. It's going to put a jewel in your crown. Yeah. I'm not asking you to lead them to the Lord. I'm asking you to get here, and I'll lead them to the Lord. We'll have a salvation altar call at every service if that's what if that's what it takes. But if you get pe new new people in here. I promise you, I'm going to do my very best to get them saved. And the Holy Ghost is going to be running that show. Get them here, get them saved. Get them filled, get them healed. Now, ah, I'm going to stop right there. That's why I don't need to go any further than that. Everybody stand to your feet real quick. How many of you... And I, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to hold your feet to the fire. So don't raise your hand if you, don't, if you ain't serious about it. One person per month that you have in service with you. Will you commit to that? If you commit to it, once you come down, I want to pray for you. Because there's going to be a special anointing that's going to come upon you. So if you can commit to that. Come on down. 